we can just like um if you don't want to record the rest we can just yeah yeah go ahead it's fine i'm, I'm good now all right um but as so what i was saying was that i don't i don't know where you lost do you know where you lost me about uh, i think two minutes ago or four minutes ago maybe uh so i guess i'll just start where i was um that i think that these people have a contradictory philosophy in this in the way that they justify their ethics as being just their feelings mm-hmm. oh I feel that we should you know uh help everybody else or that i feel that that person's being immoral and that therefore they are but then they take this entirely scientific approach to something else. Yeah. Uh, or you're just not you're not you're against the science. So I uh, I I agree. I think, and I'll I'll add to it. I think what's happening is that they feel something. Actually, I, I can give you a bit more than than just a comment now. They feel something is right, and then they use these essentially statistics and indexes and stuff like that. Like you you don't know. Um, you, you don't know what uh, goes behind it, but it seems to me like um, their observable reality is a, or the sorry, not even observable reality. The closest thing they are to reality is a scientist conducting some sort of experiment, some sort of paper, and saying there's inequality in the country, and that's bad. And pe- and we know from other papers that inequality is uh, leads to criminal behavior and whatnot. Therefore, we need to reduce inequality. But basically what happens is you, you take like um, large sets of numbers, you aggregate them in a particular way, you produce some sort of statistical result and you say, this is reality and this is something that we need to change. So for example, let's say I had a suffering index and let's say the country's suffering index was three. And they were to say, well, this is terrible. We need to reduce it to two. Okay, like just, just, just so you understand the concept, like this is literally meaningless. Like from three to two, how did you do it? How did you... But, but to some degree, like this is, um, this is something that... Uh, this aggregation is something that it's like, this is reality. Like there's so many scientists behind it. How can you say that this is bad? It's like, it's an, it's, it's an index from three to two. The the happiness index, if you if you look at it, it's it's like it's a lot of it is subjective and and, and based on surveys, but like to all the people that are for market socialism and and so and social democrats, the Norwegian country, the Nordic country, sorry, are the um, highest on the happiness index. What the fuck does that even mean? Or how far away are the other countries? They're not they're not light years away. It's not like that the that the that Norway is galloping ahead of everyone else. It's like they just. 0.03 points behind but but even then it's like it, it's entirely meaningless but to them the scientists and researchers that said this is a happiness index and this is what we should aim for like it, it's just nonsense and, and, and in addition to this it's um i think it's malicious there's a kind of like malevolent intent here to some degree because the way they calculate this in a sense it's called value-free economics so you get like a bunch of uh, data and you strip in the economy and you strip from them uh, any values that the people who made those purchasing decisions uh, you just don't retain that at all so for example 
if I needed to buy a bicycle and someone needed to buy like a like some milk, then you don't know why I did those things, but you retain that that purchase or those two purchases, and then you aggregate it all together. So you you lost like some fidelity in this sense. You don't know like peaks and troughs and outliers. It's just everything is one aggregated number. Then you apply some some value to it. Typically, a collectivist value. You say, um, sorry, because you have to to some degree. Like you, you can't just look at the numbers like in space or or like you put the numbers on the wall and just stare at them. You have to. You have to have a more, uh, like a sort of moral reason to even begin the research that you are doing. So, so for example, the inequality, like inequality is bad. So let's do a research on inequality, and then like you go get the numbers. But this is like your focus of your projects. So and it has a value. It has a moral value. So you're looking for something. And again, typically it's a collectivist something. So you strip all you strip all the values from all the people that that bought a bicycle. And why did it make them happy? Not out of ten, how much did they make? You don't know. They bought milk. Did they need the milk? Did they not need the milk? Was it a purchase by how how much value did they want from me? All that's gone. Aggregate it together, lose a lot of the meaning, and then superimpose a collectivist value on it. It's just I don't know. I don't know. It's like I've I've only recently like understood the process, but it's just very disheartening. And then and then like you have these utilitarians say, well, these scientists have said that this and this is bad. We need to fix it in society. We need to reduce the suffering index from three to two. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I agree, dude. It's it's a uh, actually another it's another similar thing to add. Uh, I was just thought about this. Um, I I do while I do think that the these people base their ethics on just an arbitrary feeling. I don't necessarily think that that's the justifier for it, or that's the explicit justifier that they give you. The explicit justifier that they'll give you is some random psychological survey about how altruism is inherent in people or something like that. They'll use some, uh, and I, I definitely think that the way that altruism is used in science isn't the best. Uh, so what they'll do, I, I remember arguing with a socialist on this exact point. I was arguing that altruism was bad. It's not a good thing. Uh, okay. Altruism as defined by like August Com. And then he starts bringing up um, altruism and science, and he starts bringing up all these papers. And essentially, he's just conflating benevolence with altruism. Um, and it's it's just a weird argument where they say that because people have the capacity to be benevolent, because we have the capacity to care for others, therefore we should. Therefore, we like automatically do. Uh, it's like it's an intrinsic process. I don't think that that's the actual justification they have internalized. I definitely think you're right that it's a feeling, but yeah. they try to justify that feeling with some random psychological, like random psych uh, psychology uh, experiment. And I definitely think that's flawed. Uh, the main reason I think is because I I think that the way altruism is used in like psychology or biology is just to mean an action that like you do that has a negative effect on you physically that that you that in order to do that you help others that's what altruism means it has no reference to values or valuation uh because none of that stuff is uh i don't know the word extrospectively measurable like i can't look at a person and measure their 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 uh introspective value hierarchy just by observing them 
they only measure that, like a physical harm done to you or a physical negative, rather mm-hmm. than what you value or rather than uh, something that's only introspectively available to you that you can only observe that way uh, as an individual. So I, I, I generally think that this that their whole argument about, I don't want to say they, because they probably have different... It's probably the right probably uh, pronoun. A whole, a whole bunch... Of, <laughs> there's probably a whole bunch of different slews of psychological arguments that they'll use to justify, oh, well, we actually intrinsically just love everyone. And therefore, well, when I feel happy, when I, therefore my feelings are just a product of my biological urges, my genes, or something like that. I, I don't know if you've experienced I wonder, I wonder if they'll do something a little bit more subtle where they'll, they'll say, um, I just don't, don't like other people suffering. Do you like other people suffering? Are you uh, an animal? Sorry, are you a, a, an, an evil person? Yeah, no, it's well. That, that's that's them getting emotional, especially well, when you hit them with the what facts else do, and what logic else do they have? from zombie hunter. <laughs> they don't really have anything else. I mean, if, that is just them. That is just them. Uh, what is the what is Rand's term? Blanking out. That's them blanking out, and then um, trying to so just <sighs> reason going out uh, the window. Hold on, I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering here a little bit. Um... I don't. I don't know if they're necessarily blanking out. I don't know if they've thought about it deeply enough. And I know that you're. It's could be the case that, that you're trying to pick on something that they know isn't well thought, but they care about it a lot. And they know, like, if someone asks, like, like even if a child asks, but why, but why enough times, maybe it's not. They're not gonna like what they uh, what they see. Um. So it could be like a defense mechanism. Well, yeah, but you can all—you can already obviously see the logical inconsistency with it too. There's no rationality behind that response. It's entirely emotional. Uh, like the logical inconsistency, I immediately recognize is this idea that it's already assuming that you're evil for not liking people, especially in the when the entire like the context of the argument would be made where we're arguing whether or not that is the case. Is it? Is that an evil thing? Like, where does morality come from? But they've already assumed that it is, so it's it's just entirely an illogical, irrational throwing something out at you just to, just to be able to dismiss you, because um, internally they have to be able to dismiss you. It's a yeah. They don't like the they don't like the um, the line of questioning. I don't know. Technically, like from a philosophy point of view, um, utilitarianism is is dumb. Or like from the gate, like no philosoph- philosophy student would agree with utilitarianism, but it's but it's like you know, ninety five percent of the public, if not more, follow it. Pragmatism, utilitarianism, and if you ask why, why do you like these things? I, I don't know. Um, to to some degree, even I'm still affected by it. Like I I have some deep down things that um, that could be utilitarian. And I, I don't like to argue with, with people or like I, if they, if they ask me, do you want other people to suffer? I say, well, no, I don't really want other people to suffer. Uh, but to some degree, 
I don't know if I, and if I, but if I think about it a little bit more, I say, well, I don't know if I can necessarily stop everyone from suffering. And I don't know if it's my, and if I think about it some more again, I don't know if it is my duty to stop everyone from suffering either. Like there's, I have, I have to stand in my life and they have their own lives to make their own decisions. Now, if as a result of them making decisions or the circumstances that they couldn't avoid, that they are suffering and they ask me for help, I could be um, persuaded to, to help. But um, I don't know if necessarily I have a, um, I should be forced to help everyone in society. So that's, or, or I have a duty to help everyone in society, not forced, sorry. If I should force myself because that's my morality. No, yeah, I agree. That's the, that's, uh, I guess that's the, the idea of benevolence. That if there's somebody who is in problem due to no fault of their own, or maybe somebody close to you who is in fault even due to problems that they've caused them for themselves, you can be benevolent. You can help them out because you care about them. Uh, because you want to reduce their suffering. Because th there's like a lot of things behind that. Uh, reasons why you might want to do that but the way i look at it is benev the fact that you can be benevolent does not is not an argument that you therefore should be benevolent yeah i, I agree I, I agree i i also wonder to some degree uh about these things like social contract and stuff like that um if they are saying, look, we have to do these things, or it's better for in a society where these things, where people act in a particular way, then I don't know why they necessarily are comforted by the fact that the government forces people to act that way. Because if, if we do have this social contract that you are claiming that we have, and if we do have this duty to help one another that you're claiming that we should be doing, then it should just work. It should be automatic. Or, or you could persuade people to, to behave in this way, or donate in this way, and I don't know why they're so comforted by the fact that the government is there to force you to either take money from you and do it in your name, ish, or just like force you to do it outright. It just seems to me that um, the either they, they they have an affinity with the government or they have an affinity with someone in power using force, but it, it does seem like they are comforted by it. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so, particular thing that um, I want to isolate okay. is that uh, I definitely think that the reason why, uh, I guess you could refer to Hobbes here. Okay. So this is like the Hobbesian view of the social contract. Mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, they believe they have a very negative view of people. I don't think, honestly, I don't think very many people, like very many philosophies outside of objectivism have an actual positive view of man in his like natural state. Maybe, yeah. These, uh, I don't want, I, I don't like saying these people because it creates us first them, but I don't know what else to call them. It's fine. These I, people. I'm, I'm, I'm not the, I mean, these people are part of our society, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> but these people hold this hold this view of man yeah. that he's a rabid beast 
or that he is entirely an irrational, he's not social, selfish. or even if they hold that he is social, yeah, he's selfish, he's evil. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the Christian babe looking at it, or even the uh, the the modern psycholo- psych- I guess you could say the psychologist view, where a lot of people who look at um, who use psychology as a justification, they'll say that man has a mixture of these altruistic and selfish genes. We can't exactly trust him to to be moral, which the moral is of course being altruistic. Uh, we can't trust him to be moral. Therefore, we need a government to get to to be able to force people to be moral. We need that's what the social contract is. We're supposed to give up a piece of our power, of our of our freedom, to um, so that the government to, to the government so that society can be protected. Of course, the objectivist view is that there is no such freedom. The freedom to like murder other people—that's mm. you don't have a freedom to do that. There's no such thing exists. Um, that that's where the whole idea of individual rights in the objectivist sense. How do you? How do you both? I mean, yeah, I, I know Hobbes, and it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. But how do you have a situation where you both are concerned about people in your society suffering, and at the same time? Have no faith that other people in society will help them. That 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 the, that everyone is selfish, or or maybe those that are suffering are because everyone is selfish. And here you are, the philosopher king. You're going to fix society and uh, force people to help them if they want to or not. So I think the justification. Well, the justification either lies in the Christian route. Or like the religious route, I guess mm-hmm. not, does not specific but a religious route of original sin, of this idea of, or not original sin, of specifically of just God told you this is what's good. You know, I really should have listened to you more when you wanted to, to explain to me some anti anti religious uh, points, because <laughs> I I think I'm really missing like a lot of context in this Judeo Christian uh, ethics that everyone. Is is apparently default by default using. Well, a lot of people use Judeo Christian ethics. Christianity is one of like the biggest religions in the United States, or it's probably yeah. the big, the biggest religion in the United States. And you'll often hear this from conservatives or even just Democrats uh, who are who are only slightly left, or even many lib, uh, like of um, even many like leftists who are Christian. Mm-hmm. This idea of well, sacrifice is a good thing. You know, love your fellow man. Um, I be, I believe even in the Bible, uh, Jesus like gave up all of his possession, all of his earthly possessions to the poor. Like that was a main uh, well, moral life, learning. <laughs> That's a main moral thing you're supposed to take. You're supposed to take away. But then you have the subjective, it's not necessarily subjectivist, but you do have a subjectivist route here where it's just, I personally feel that way, which is what we discussed before. I just feel that, you know, morality is entirely subjective. It doesn't matter. Uh, It doesn't really matter what I believe, but I feel this way. How do you get from, I'm literally imitating the Bible to, I don't recall 
I don't think I'm imitating the Bible. It just feels right. Like, how did you, not you, sorry. How did people make that transition to, yeah, I, I know I'm, I live in a culture where the Bible and Judeo-Christian values are, are floating in the air, uh, but I, I don't want to be religious. I'm atheist, and therefore I'll keep them, but I'll just say it's because I feel good when I help people. Well, I think it would first start with somebody like Hume. Um, first start with somebody like Hume, who uh, I believe Hume argued the is-ought gap, that there was no fact of, there's no, there's no something that is that could ever lead you to, the, to an ought. Um, and that, I think that kind of developed into this subjectivist, skeptical view of morality, of it's just an entirely arbitrary position within our brains. Mm. It isn't real, um, and it doesn't have any impact. So whether or not I morally think something is okay, it's just my personal opinion. It, okay. There's no facts that there's – no, there's no real facts that would lead me to this belief. There's nothing. There's no – I can't cut open a person and show them a morality yeah. or anything. There's no God that could show me a morality mm-hmm. because moral, um, um, an objective morality could only come from a God or something like that. Um, no, I, I, uh, I understand. So, I mean, I've been in that when I was um, younger. Uh, of well, morality, of course, morality. Sorry, I, I remember no. what I wanted to say. So, if the morality is subjective, then why? Is that is their morality better than ours? Because well, it, and to them, it's either it's either my morality or yours. It's right, either but, my arbitrary will or your arbitrary will. But can I? So why shouldn't I be able to enforce my arbitrary will on you? Or but, why it? Or in I guess you could say another way of looking at it would be: What about society's will? Ooh. What about everybody else's will? Oh, my, we all societally agree mm-hmm. that this is wrong why shouldn't we the majority of course have the right to force it, our opinions on ourselves or on you really the minority well let, let, so let me let me go in two directions here so firstly i would say what if, like what if you have other societies and they voted some sort and they voted on something that you disagree with but it's their society so let's say in the eastern european countries they voted against uh, having immigrants or doing things that um, in in the West would seem wrong, but to them it's their subjective morality. So how can you say it's wrong? Or you can even go as far as say like a, a society that are cannibalists and they go to another town and they kill people, they come back and eat them. Like it's their, they've done it for you know hundreds of years. How how can you say that that is wrong? Obviously, like we can to some degree, but if it's subjective to the culture, then how can you say other cultures are wrong? And there is more relative, moral relativism in that sense. But additionally, I, wa- I want to go back to my previous question when I said, well, before we talked about original sin, if everyone in the country votes, again, I'm asking the same question, if everyone in the country votes to uh, help, help people who are suffering, then why, the, why do you need to force people in the country or the maj- who the majority of them agree to it 
why do you need to force them to do it? Because obviously they've already agreed to it. They voted for it. So it's not because like the, them, it's not the original sin. Like it's not like lost in translation. We we were original sin. We were all Hobbesian. Now we're enlightened Democrats, and we want to help the the people who are suffering. So why not just ask people to to do that themselves? So that's the the thing to um even the Christian. The thing is that people have free will. You have uh -oh. the free will to choose to be good or to be evil. And therefore, you because you have the free will to choose to be good and evil, and if you therefore don't choose to be good, you got to be forced to be good. You can't just let evil run amok. So it's not the no. Hobbesian view, it's the free will, the people, the fact that well, people have the, free will. The free will, the Hobbesian view is that man is a rabid beast. He'll do what he wants. Okay. Um, and the idea is that it, when we come together in a society, we give up our power. Well, the Hobbesian view is particularly that uh, we give up all of our power to a dictator or to a monarch. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you combine this with like a lock, Lockean perspective of the social, which I think is more common, of where we give up a piece of our power to the government um, in order to be able to enforce it, or in order to be able to enforce goodness on society uh and but Locke would argue that you know do it to enforce individual rights but these people are going to take the perspective that oh that's a division well, Locke, Locke versus Hobbes well Locke okay so Locke versus Hobbes Hobbes believed that no is uh, that the division are these the two people that divide society um I didn't I didn't know they were going head to head that's what I'm saying no, yeah, Hobbes and Locke go to head to head. I believe, I believe that's it. I don't know. You can, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. But I know that Hobbes believed. Well, they go, they go head to head in this specific way, where Hobbes is about a monarchical, a monarchical power of man's a rabbit beast. He can't be trusted. So he gives up all of his power to one person who can do whatever he wants. Uh, and then, and then, Locke <laughs> this is so believed, socialist. This is so. This is like legit socialism. It's like, yeah, it's, we're going to take. More, it's 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 monarchy. So it was Hobbes' views of it, was, it. This is like way before capitalism v socialism. This is capitalism v monarchy. Okay. So no, it, it, I I appreciate that monarchy isn't socialism, but it just the way I see it. Or maybe <laughs> maybe there are analogies to socialism, but the way I see. Uh, sorry, analogies to monarchism, but the way I see socialism is you take all the money from all the, the evil capitalists in the country because, you know, they have too much money power. Then you concentrate it into one person or, or one party. And then you hope and pray that you have that the, you have some sort of democratic control over those people, which you actually don't. You've just given them concentrated power for the whole country. Not, not, not uh, far away from a monarch, I suppose. Uh, yes, you, yes, you have votes and and stuff like that, and I suppose, but it's like you know, it's you had Stalin, you had like these long term dictatorship. And yes, they were more populist, and they, you know, more, were monarchs may not necessarily have had to be had to please anyone, maybe, but um, but yeah, you give concentrated power to one to one person and hope they'll fix everything, and they hope that that one person will be accountable accountable to everyone else in the country. You may as well just ask for a benevolent, uh, sorry, benevolent uh, monarch. 
the well, the funny thing about Hobbes is that Hobbes doesn't care if they're benevolent. Hobbes doesn't care if they help them. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. He's the he's basically the primal man who can do whatever he wants, but everybody else they have their power taken away. So that's how a society is able to um, to lock. Uh, I believe in his view of 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 um, the social contract is that we give up a portion of our freedom to the government in order to protect individual rights. So like our freedom to murder somebody, we give that up to the government uh, and so that individual rights can be... I think to these people uh, in particular, they view, they see it as less about individual rights, but the social contract is that we have to give up our power and if, uh, you know, we see inequality around us, we see climate change happening, we have to give up our power as individuals to the government to fix it. To them, I think. That's why do we? Oh, because. But why? Why do we have to? Why do we see climate change? The government will be the one. So because it will force the evil people who don't listen to to do what we say. Yeah, the reason, uh, the reason I believe, I think it's because they have a, a negative view of mankind. They, they, uh, they look at man, they see him as a greedy, yeah. sniveling, scheming, evil, gre- evil person uh, who has to, you know, by, be virtuous by sacrificing, by, by, uh, max- by not caring about his values, but by rather by maximizing good for everyone else. I, I I do think utilitarianism is is altruistic. It's not altruistic necessarily. It's religious. Utilitarianism. It's uh, it's yeah, be, it, it's uh, sorry. It defaults to being religious in, in a sense. You don't know why you think these things are are moral or good, but because, because you're in a society where I mean, look. If there's a society where there's another set of morals that came before and they're not from religion, I think you'll absorb them. But basically, utilitarianism is, or at least to me, it seems whatever was is floating in the culture. Yeah, it's like because um, what else? It's uh, like it's not. It's not like anyone sat down and said, "Hmm, this is actually good." No, this is actually bad. It's like, well, I feel this is good because reasons. Well, that's that's also not. I don't know how true that is because there is like entire schools of thought of utilitarianism, right? So, but not the yeah. not the not the regular people think about that kind of stuff. Which is why I think that the this, I guess you could say, the flavor of liber- of utilitarianism that the a regular person might hold is a subjective. This is what society, you know. Yeah. Uh, this is just what what society thinks. That's what's important. If a if a a bunch of people vote on an issue, mm-hmm. that makes it important. That makes it good. That makes it right. Okay. Um. So I and, and I assume I assume that utilitarians mostly like the society they're in. Uh, I don't know about that, but I think that the utilitarians who are actually like philosophical, they they of course take that position that oh well it's actually the most good for the most amount of people. We want to maximize happiness. Yep. Um, we want to maximize happiness. Of course, and I think that is, that's a, 
100% problematic philosophy, particularly because of the fact that it tells a man that his values are not what's important. It doesn't matter what values you hold. If an action that you take is good for you or against you, it doesn't matter if it's a benefit or if it's a sacrifice. Um, all that matters is if whether or not it helps increase happiness for others or whether or not it increases happiness, yeah. maximizes happiness for everyone. What if it uh, maximizes ev happiness for everyone but detracts happiness from you personally? Then that. And that's a, I guess you could say that's a sacrifice you have to take. But a utilitarian isn't, I, I think they're different from the altruist because the altruist says that that's the moral good. The moral good is that you've sacrificed for others. Yeah. But, even, but to a utilitarianism, if you've benefited from that sacrifice, say you sacrifice other people to yourself, you take money from the capitalist and give it to the poor. Uh, and you and you know, you, even though you're sacrificing, What's good is not that you yourself are making the sacrifice or that other people are making the sacrifice. It's that other people are being happy. That's all that matters is that you're maximizing happiness for others. So utilitarianism to some degree is not altruistic? I, don't, I just don't think it's the same. It definitely not the same as like a, of, of a religious altruism, I think. Oh. Because uh, I remember listening, I remember reading stuff from like Augustine. I didn't read stuff. But I, I know from uh, some of the arguments from Augustine who would believe that he himself should like eat the poorest amount of food possible. You know, he should, he should live essentially a miserable life having no values here on earth. Mm -hmm. uh, because that's what's good. You have to save, you know, live miserably on here so that you can live forever uh, happy in heaven. Okay. Um, but you should live miserably. So that that is kind of aestheticism, no? Like religious monk monk like uh, people that yes, that's that's exactly what that is. I mean, that's what the that's what philosophy was during the Dark Ages. Yeah, the Dark Ages, like before the Renaissance, that's what people believed. They were like, they, I'm just saving, I'm just working my life here. And being a good person by sacrificing my, my life and by, by sacrificing my life for everyone else or for society in order so that I can get up to heaven. Yeah. But the utilitarian, I think, is different. I think it's different in the way they, they view um, sacrifice because it isn't sacrifice so much else. of. Yeah. It's just they increased do, happiness. It doesn't matter who benefits, it doesn't matter if you benefit. Even from it, it doesn't matter if you know if you and a bunch of other people benefit, mm -hmm. or if you have to start. It just increase happy, maximize it. So you, so you live through the happiness of other people or the other people in society or something like that. If other people are happy, you're happy. Well, that's one aspect. I mean. I think that there's there's multiple ways people look at it. Some people probably argue that. Sorry, oh, let me well, let me yeah, rephrase. Let, let me rephrase. If the collective is happy, you're happy. Yeah, no, that's definitely what socialists argue. I feel. Uh, Utilitarian is sorry, sorry. Well, even even both. I think both of them. I I remember getting into a heated argument with a social with a with a communist 
talking about why, uh, why should I, you know, sacrifice my life for others? Why should I give things up? Why should I sacrifice? And his answer was, um, because you benefit from society. Because if everybody pitches in for something like a communal road or something like that, you benefit. You're part of the collective. You benefit from it. Exactly. I don't think they. I don't think they understand the sacrificial animal part that uh, Ayn Rand talked about. But you know, if the collective is more important than the individual, then you know, sacrificing a few uh, individuals as long as the collective stays strong is still perfectly fine. Yeah, uh, I remember this. This is actually a part of Peikoff's opening statement for his like 1984 debate. Uh, you're the second person it. that mentions this debate to me today. <laughs> Have you watched it? It's good. I've watched it recently, in fact. So the so the thing that that um, that I was mentioned was in the debate. The side of of Pykov and Rit, and Ritpath, they keep going. All we heard is is sermon on the mount. Sermon. All we heard is sermon on the mount, and basically implying that the other side ha- has a religious argument. And it's like you see, like a socialist and a feminist, and you think um, they didn't mention any religious argument. So I mean, I guess like if you extrapolate the core of it, then it's religious. But like I think if if today. You, you keep like saying, well, you have a religious argument. I said, no, I'm not. I'm an atheist. Why do you keep saying that? Hmm. I don't know about that. But I do remember from Peacock's opening statement where he talks about this idea of the socialist is going to proclaim that the individual might benefit from his system, but it doesn't change the fact that people are being sacrificed. Yeah. It doesn't change. It, it doesn't change the fact that you're treating that individual, particularly, as um, as something that can just be tossed away. So, no matter how much of an in, how much you supposedly benefit from such as you as the individual, don't matter. Yeah, I I think that is the principled stance to take on it. But utilitarians, being pragmatists, they're like, no. No one means to sacrifice anyone. We're just taking a little off the top. Surely you can manage without a little off the top. And then, like, so to them, it's like, it's never extreme. It's never black and white. It's always, like, a gray area. So, like, yeah, we're sacrificing some people, but they're not, like, suffering, and other people are suffering more. Therefore, fine, we can take from them. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, but then, of course, you got to just ask them, what's their justification? Like, why we is need, that I need, fine I need, and why isn't this fine? We need to work, we need not to work on that. I need to see that happen in real life because I, I'm struggling with that a little bit and I, I want to see a non-philosophically leaning social democrat or, or lefty answer that question in real time. Or like, because th- obviously they'll deflect as much as possible, but because it's like it's like a painful kind of question, but um, I want to see that happen in real time, and I want to see some talking points about it because I, I, it's difficult for me to envision it. I tried it on one person; they didn't know what to answer, even. Um, so, so I need to... I, oh, actually, I have a question. Real quick. Um, when you were debating your wife, yep, uh, as like a, I guess as a the devil's advocate, were you attacking her position? Or was she attacking your position? Um, 
I was, I was uh, asking her what's her framework, what's her ethical framework for saying something is morally good, morally bad, and basically, I don't know if it's out of frustration or just like uh, like a knee-jerk reaction, where she says, well, I want to reduce suffering in society. Do you want to have more suffering in society? And then like you're on the back foot saying, well, no, but I, I'm just trying to understand your, your uh, ethical framework. And I, I don't know if they've necessarily thought about it. So, so here's maybe a, something you could try and do that to, that'll help you. It, do you feel more comfortable actually arguing in favor of RAND or I don't know exactly how closely you follow the objective ethic? But do you feel comfortable arguing in favor of your ethical from from a starting point to the end? I'm I'm in a position where I want to in I want to like have a clear communication to the other side. I want to reach the other side. I I I want to use Rand to be able to do that, but I, I just want to be sensitive to the words that Rand, like, the, just literally the, the, the words, the words that Rand uses and the words that we can use today. I think, I think there could be, like, a difference or it could be, like, that some terminologies have more, like, baggage or additional stuff that today will make an argument go a different direction than the one I would want it to. And uh, so I'm just very careful, or, I'm, or at least... A, I'm aware to be very careful. I don't think I don't know if I'm necessarily succeed in being careful, but I'm aware to be careful that uh, that could happen. So, so here's something that I I find to be helpful uh, whenever I'm debating somebody, yeah. or whenever I'm debating a particular topic. It doesn't matter about specific, but about a particular topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's helpful that you first actually argue your position. And see how they respond. So, you know, make your case for the rash, a rational egoist, uh, specifically from the starting point of like, what is ethics? What's the nature of ethics? Right, all I, the way to the end. I know that takes it takes a minute. It takes a fat minute, and you might not be able to. Do five no, no, it's it's it, an it, opening debate speech. It's fine. I I just want to add a layer here. I am under the impression that if I were to present the rational egoist uh, position, that I'll have to use a, a translator to utilitarianism. I'll give an example. So if I say, well, we want people to be free, we want people to, you know, pursue their own, their own happiness, and, and here's the utilitarian side. And if they do that, you'll have more, that was the moral. And, and the practical is, you know, you'd have a richer country, you'd have more, uh, stuff produced you'll have more innovations you'll have a higher quality of life and all these things and they're like well now that you're in my realm of utilitarianism i have all these studies that say if i do taxation i'll increase the um standard of living for the the poorest people so now like you know you know you just you, you realize what kind of happened no, yeah, I, I understand so which is why I don't bring it to the language of the util i know you're trying to be they sense, won't uh, trying to be Oh, they'll engage. They'll engage, especially if they're debate bros. But they may not debate, uh, engage honestly. But if they are an honest person, if you present an argument, I guess you could say you start. What's the nature of ethics? People have to be able to. I don't. I'm not going to explain this, but 
I think it's helpful to actually argue your position in your own words. Don't necessarily like try and appease them, but just see how they would respond. What, what questions would they ask you and how would you respond to them? Um, uh, and, the, and the reason why I think that's helpful is because sometimes I honestly don't know how I would respond to another person's point, except out of outside of explaining my own position on it, on the particular point. Um, I don't know. I I think we've already kind of like shown like a very large gap between um, us and you and utilitarians. They we see people as benevolent. They see them as malevolent. We want to free them up. They want to lock them down. We want to give them choice to, so they're able to produce and um, innovate and all that kind of stuff that I, I look for. And they just want to make sure that the people pay taxes so the, the people who suffer will uh, work. I, I, I do think there is, uh, I kind of need to go, but I do want to end with a, an example and you tell me what you think about this. I, I would think that um, we can kind of grab, or I'm wondering if we can grab the, the consequentialist. So it's the utilitarian that want like some kind of result. And tell me what you think about this example, yeah? So okay. let's say we speak to a utilitarian, and then I said, okay, fine, let's let's do this uh, hypothetical example. Um, let's have let's take society and split it into two. I take my people, you take your people. I take the people who want to be productive, who want to achieve, who want to keep what they owned, and I'll I'll bring them to my side. And in your side, the utilitarian, you'll, you know, you'll have the people that want to help other people and the people that need that help. And we'll have a rule that people can, can move their, um, people can relocate from one, one state, state to the other. Uh, whenever they want to, they can't like do it every day, but like they can, if they want to relocate, will take them a week, let's say, then they'll do that. Now let's fast forward 20 years. What do you think will happen in this hypothetical example? That people could just move around? Well, no. What will happen is that um, the, the people that are productive and innovative, their side will be very rich. And the people that, and eventually, like all the people that want to get rich too, will move to the other side because the, the side that, doesn't have these productive people and has like the expenses of uh, taking care of people needy over time will get poorer and poorer and poorer. Well, you don't even need a hypothetical for that. You have, you can well, use I, your life. I, I think it's a, it's a good example because. No, you're right. It's a good example, but I'm saying you don't, you don't necessarily just need it to be a hypothetical. You could use the real life example of say like Berlin during the cold war. Okay. Well, Do you know, like, yeah, yeah, like, I, I, agree. Good I agree. I agree. Um, I just depends how much they know about it, but yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they had to build an entire wall in order to keep their people from going over to the west. Do, the do you west know what? Actually, they'll probably they'll probably say that's not what I advocate for. Well, yeah, but you could art. You could still bring up the point that, like. If you let, you should let that people should have the right to be free. Um, well, it, it, I think you could move it back to that. I think you can move. I think you have to be able to bring it back to individual rights. You can't 
you can't just have they don't have, care. try and get them to agree on they, I, they do care about individual rights to some extent or i guess you could say they care about i don't i don't know exactly how i would bring this up but i think i have talked with utilitarians before mm-hmm. and I, I use the exact um strategy that i described to you i explain my position i hear what they have to say what they have to argue against it because mm-hmm. If you ask them enough questions, you might get back to it. I just feel this way. But if you make a logical argument, starting from an actual axiomatic like position uh, that doesn't just evolve, that doesn't go back to I feel this way, then they have to come up with some sort of argument against it. They can't just resort to I feel this way because you could just bring up that that's not an arg- that's not an argument. Okay, so if I say. Um, rights are important. If, what would they say? If you make the the objectivist argument that rights, why are rights important? And if you make that full case, this is why rights are important morally, because men in a social context need to be able to pursue their own values. Why is pursuing values good? Because, uh, because of the nature of ethics and how we need to be able to, or because pers- because values are necessary to live. Um, and they, so you can make there's this whole you could re, I don't want to say you could reduce the argument back to its its epistemological roots, and the objectivist position doesn't go back to I feel this way. Have you tried so this? Ha- have you tried this? Yeah. Yes, and, I do. I do. And how? And did you go? it was actually it was interesting because the the debate that I had it in, um, it was like it was just a text debate over over Discord. Okay. I was just te- like te- t- texting the guy, and he eventually started trying to get into nitty gritty about why I was wrong. So he gave you these like, hypoth- hypotheticals and stuff like that. No. So what I mean was he tried to like take up like nit almost, and I explained to him. I explained to him full force that nit- nitpicking, like it, that's not an actual argument. Whether or not like a gorilla can talk does not matter. Does not mean rights aren't important. Okay. Whether a gorilla can talk doesn't mean rights on the floor. Yeah, so yeah, they started bringing up about whether or not animals have rights. Okay. So, so uh, and I just explained to them my position on it. Uh, and I was just explaining to them, like, that their argument doesn't actually lead to anywhere. It doesn't lead to any, like, it doesn't, whether or not that is true of whether or not an animal, or let's say gorillas have rights, or mm-hmm. something like that. That's not a that's not an actual argument against my position that human rights are important and that we should protect individual rights. So, do you see what I mean? How like nitpicking isn't isn't really an argument against my actual. It's just a red herring, I guess you could call it. Yeah, but I mean, it, I, I I got somewhere. I didn't I didn't get steamrolled by by them because when I'm in my comfortable zone, mm-hmm. which is talking about the objectivist ethics, you get a better understanding of utilitarian. And what they have to say against it. So they, but they didn't say anything against it. They just tried to nitpick it. So, um, what I mean by that is, so that that's how, that's what they ended. With. So that's that was the end of the conversation. They did try to bring up some arguments of, of um, the ha- happiness for the most people or whatnot. I see. 
Uh, let me think about that. I. It could be me. I I struggle to. To to teach or reverse engineer what I studied, and then teach it. Um. But yeah, let me let me think about that. Yeah, okay. I think it was a good chat. I think we ironed out a few things. Are we? Are you? Uh, now that you're more free, are you gonna debate or do something similar? Oh, I don't. Probably. It- I'm not. I'm not actively looking for like an online debate. Mm-hmm. I feel like my days past that are kind of over. Oh. Um, un- unless unless I found like an opportunity. Well, that's because I, I I like to do it professionally. I like to I like to take my time. Maybe take like four days behind the debate and actually write something out. Write out my argument okay. before I speak, and then I speak them. I mean, I can send. I'll send you the videos after this if you want to watch them. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, I'll try to send the socialist one. It's. I don't. I want to clarify. I don't make good arguments, but I'll be the judge. That's of that. what I like to do, and so that's that requires a lot of effort from me. So, okay. unless I actually really want to debate, I won't actively find. Okay. I'll do it with. If you want to debate me on something, then what? We're on the same opinion. Oh no, not exactly. Well, not if you want to debate monkey rights, dun dun. Just kidding. <laughs> right. Okay. Um. Okay. I'll look. Thank you for thank you for the chat. I will not debate monkey rights with you, but um, <laughs> um, I, I don't even think I'm making that argument. But uh, yeah, with regards to utilitarianism, I think it's such a it's. I think I've been talking about utilitarianism at least for a year now, and or on and off, and and I don't know if I've necessarily too much progress in it, um, because it's always like a, a moving target, in a lot of in a lot of respects to like nail down a, a root cause. Um, like I said, dude, I think you gotta what you gotta do is you gotta try and argue, you gotta try and argue for the objectivist position to a utilitarian, see how well you do with that, see what they say. I think going on the offensive might have been the wrong of like asking them questions, trying to show them why you think because, you know, unless you're fully integrated, unless you, unless you understand how that interacts with your idea, uh, which I think you get, I, I don't know. I just think you get the best experience from that when you're in a comfortable position, uh, a more comfortable position, arguing for your ideas that you thought about. Okay. I mean, I I think that I used to be the way you're describing, and now I I think that maybe a little bit more aggressive <laughs> interrogation. Oh, you're like everybody else. You're just like everybody else. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not I'm not gonna disagree, but like it just seems to come with the territory. Uh, I mean, at least if they if they do the same to me or they pin me down, I'm able to give like an argument. And then they'll nitpick it, but I don't want. I'm tired of. I'm tired of being on that side. Um, yeah, a lot of the debates now, like in in economics, it's like. Well, I I I saw a study. I say this, and then like, well, I have a different study that said the complete <laughs> opposite, and that's and then like the person who blanks out first loses. Yeah, that's why I try not to debate. I feel like there's a lot of contradictory. Yeah, contradictory the economic the economic side is um 
I found a study from a social from socialist.com that says <laughs> yeah the, the the economics is uh, it's not fun the advantage is that we have like principles we, we go from first principles in a sense and we understand like what's going under the hood and I have some experience in in the in the work in the business world um but uh it's not fun and it's it's cringy a little bit and it's sound bitey a little bit and it's not no no one's persuaded by anything no one no ideas come across to the other side and they're like hmm, this is interesting i'll i'll think about that um yeah we're only trying to like one up one another showmanship no, i i've wanted to step back from your career as a debater <laughs> no from that particular kind of debating that's no, all yeah, i've I, done I, I that's agree. really all i've done uh when i was a speech and debate speech and debate kid that's all i did was that kind of debate of i'm not here to change minds i'm here to win yeah i never attended those in in high school or stuff like that um maybe maybe i should start i was thinking a bit uh, i should start uh Focusing more like on on like personal development in a sense, because that's something you know, in objectivism you have a lot of. Um, personal development. Yeah, like you know how to make myself happy, how to focus on myself, how to study more philosophy and, be, and improve. That's a, that's a good thing. And and if I were to you know keep a if if I were to continue with the YouTube channel to focus on those sorts of videos, in in like a mix of like my experience in, in like work environment and and what what helps you succeed in your career and stuff like that or tips tips to help you succeed um i think i i don't know if that's as saturated the market as it could be but at least it would be a bit more wholesome for myself to to go down that route yeah i miss I the days it. i miss the days where you can just uh have discussion discussions with people, even if you disagree with them, but at least like have a pleasant exchange of ideas, and uh, and see what's going on. It's like it's a diamond, and you'll find some. And then, yeah, it's too it's too few and far between, though. Yeah, the political the the not political the debate scene is is very political. It's very trans issues or, or this or that like i don't really care <laughs> about that kind yeah, of stuff same, i mean the same i mean yeah people want to do something with their with their bodies or whatnot that's that's their ish that's whatever they want to do i'm not going to shout or say any, say anything about it so i'm kind of lost in the outrage scene although like you know being capitalist you can always outrage someone um but yeah anyway i'm gonna i'm gonna go to bed so thank you for the the chat right. i'll and send you i'll send you my video please okay oh do i not even bye bye